Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. Hello, everyone. It is July 11th, 2016, and you are listening to the Locked On Magic Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Philip Rossman-Reich. I'm the editor of OrlandoMagicDaily.com, and, you know, I had this whole show planned, and I still do, but there's just some some big news that we got to get up off the top. Uh, today, Tim Duncan, this morning, actually, before I recorded, so a couple, about an hour before, Tim Duncan announced his retirement from the NBA. And Tim Duncan, it, I mean, I just have so many thoughts about Tim Duncan. Uh, just, just as kind of a personal aside, I grew up a Magic fan. I was all about the Magic. The, the first non-Magic jersey I ever bought, the first kind of non-Magic player that I really liked and was cognizant of as a basketball fan was Tim Duncan. And I just enjoyed watching him play my entire life. I mean, my, my, I mean I'm 28 years old now. Most of my life, Tim Duncan has been a part of it in some way. And, and I've always admired and respected him for the way he plays. Obviously, he's one of the greatest players of all time, probably a top 10 player, definitely the top power forward of all time. Uh, I respected the way he carried himself. Uh, he was never about himself, always about the team. And you just have to respect everything about Tim Duncan. Um, I'm sure I'll write about this later today on OrlandoMagicDaily.com. But, you know, Tim Duncan nearly came to the Orlando Magic back in 2000. Um, I've heard various stories about about him and and his visits uh, you know, that they flew him to Alworth and had him meet Tiger Woods. They, you know, had the photos of him, Grant Hill, and Tresom Grady together. And that, that would have been an incredible big three. And I've written about that, that potential big three, you know, whenever, you know, when the Miami Heat brought their big three together, when, you know, when all these different teams tried these super teams, the Magic really tried it first. But you always respected Duncan for his decisions. You knew he was making the best decision for him. It was never acrimonious. It was never duplicitous. He, he was always just a very genuine and humble person, and, and, and you always respected that about him. And the NBA is, is not going to be the same without him. It really isn't. There's, there's no doubt about it that the NBA has lost something Precious. I mean, Duncan has not been the same player for the last few years. He isn't the dominant pl- dominant player he was back in the early 2000s when his first teams were winning the championship. But he was still one of the absolute best that's ever played this game. And uh, we knew this time was coming sooner rather than later. And uh, it's it's definitely shocking for it to finally be here, even if even if we knew it was coming. So, congratulations, Tim Duncan. On a fantastic career, wish some of it would have been with the Magic, but I understand uh, your decision making, and it was it was probably a good one to to stay in San Antonio and win win those titles that that you did. So congratulations, uh, Tim, on a fantastic career from 
I'll, I'll speak at least for Locked On Magic, but certainly I would, I would imagine from everyone in the Magic family and the NBA family, um, it was a pleasure watching you, sir, and uh, there will never be another one like you. Uh, coming up on today's show, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, Summer League, just do a quick recap of some of the players that, that I liked at Summer League and, and some of the some of the things that, that we're going to hold on to as, as that week ends and we move on to the rest of the offseason. Uh, I'll, I'll have up on the site a little bit later today. You're probably listening to this on that article. Um, just studs and duds from, from Summer League, so I'll review a little bit of that right now. Uh, and then I'm also going to talk about something that's been on and off the site for a while, um, but something that, that's still kind of lurking in the background. What are the futures for Nikola Vucevic and Aaron Gordon? Uh, obviously, I've already covered a lot of the news, but there's still one more piece of news that I want to make sure I get to. So we'll start uh, again with with the news from this weekend. Croatia and France both qualified for the Olympics. Mario Azonia playing a critical role for Croatia in the championship game against Italy on the road. Um, you know, Azonia, you look at Azonia's stats, he wasn't fantastic at all statistically. He He really struggled to shoot the ball, didn't score a lot of points, but... That's just not how Croatia uses them. Croatia's, I mean, watching, I mean, and you know, maybe I'm a little bit biased watching Croatia's offense. It was obviously effective. They, they won the tournament. Um, they upset Greece. They upset Italy. I mean, I don't know if Greece was an upset, but they beat Greece. They beat Italy um, on the road, essentially. Uh, so obviously something works using Dario Saric in pick and rolls and, and Bogdan Bogdanovic in, a, in a, however they use them. I mean, it, it's, it's a very stagnant one-on-one offense. Mario was was largely relegated to standing in the corner, uh, looking for the ball, trying to find a, a time to cut, and and that just isn't an effective way to use him. Um, he, he probably isn't good enough yet to run pick and rolls and, and drive, and and I think that's something that he really needed to improve on, and, and it's actually why I wanted to see him get kind of alpha dog status on the summer on the summer league team, but at the same time, this is just he he filled his role really well, so. What I was encouraged, and I, I watched the championship game on Saturday, what I was really encouraged by was how Hazonia played defense. He was a really, really good defender for Croatia throughout the tournament. Um, he, he didn't make a lot of defensive mistakes. He was active and help side, uh, did a good job containing his, his ball handler. And when he got beat, he did a good job recovering and, and cutting him off or finding that next guy to help off of. And he got caught a few times going for steals. That's, that's something you expect from a young player, but... Um, Especially now that the magic of a shot blocker, I don't think that's going to be as much of, much of a problem behind behind him. Uh, Hizonia, the, the Croatians played best when Hizonia was on the floor on Saturday, and that's a good sign too. And I don't think it was coincidental. I think some of it, I, I mean, it might have been a little bit, but um, he did a good job playing the point. He distributed the ball well in pick and rolls, and, and I thought generally played well. I thought he held his own, and... and I know Magic fans want to see more, uh, but I just don't think, I just don't think that's what they're what they're asking of him right now. That's not what Croatia asks of him. So uh, it's hard to tell exactly how Hazonia uh, has improved or how um, he's progressing and the things that he needs to needs to get better at. But overall, he played well. He, he doesn't look like he's regressed at all, and that's a good sign. He's obviously got to get his jumper going. Uh, so that'll be something to keep an eye on. Uh, on the Fran- on the other side of, of the world, the Philippines, France qualified for the Olympics. That did open the door for Evan Fournier to join the French national team for the Olympics. Uh, but it appears that uh, Fournier will not be added to the roster. The the French uh, di- nas- the French national team director said 
Uh, the plan was to keep the roster virtually the same heading into the Olympics if they had, if they qualified. Um, they did. So there's no plans to add Fournier, although they may add Rudy Gobert to add some size, seeing as they're now in the in USA's group. So that'll do it for for your Olympic recap. We'll, we'll have coverage. We'll have coverage of of Hazonia, uh, as he gets the Olympics. And remember, Aaron Gordon's also training with the U.S. Select Team. Uh, I believe that's going to be next week or in a few weeks um, ahead of the Olympics as as USA p- prepares for Rio. That brings us to today's featured segment. Uh, kind of a this has kind of been something that's in the background of a lot of the things that we've written about this team uh, throughout the throughout the day or throughout throughout the last few months or few weeks uh, since free agency began at least. Um, it's certainly been something that's been touching a lot a lot of debate off uh, and has been a legitimate question for the Magic as they move forward. And you know, I touched on it last in last Friday's episode about who gets left out. And I felt these two players, uh, Nikola Vucevic and Aaron Gordon, seem to be left out of this equation when it comes to who the Magic are building around and, and where the Magic roster is going to go. And, and you know, um, our, our Joe Buckley has a, has a good article up uh, on OrlandoMagicDaily.com right now about what the Magic are still missing, and they're still missing a, a dribble penetrator. And the two pieces that they seem best to offer or seem best to, to, to send out in a trade are the guys that, that seem superfluous right now, and that's Nikola Vucevic and Aaron Gordon. And so y- y- you ask the question, what are their futures with the team? Do they have a long-term future with the team? And those remain very big, very uncertain questions for this Magic squad. You know, we, we wrote an article last week um, about, and I, I believe it was Ryan Doyle, um, or Ryan Doyle who wrote it, wrote an article saying the Magic have to find a place for Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon should be part of this future of the team. I wrote that as well, that Aaron Gordon and Alfred Payton seem to be kind of the core of the team now. Um, he, he just still has so much untapped potential, and we don't really know what he is yet. And I think... Frank Vogel said, you know, we're going to play him at the three. He's going to play some four, but he's going to start at the three. And, and I'm still not sure he's a three, but that seems to be where they have to put him for now. And so the question is, has Aaron Gordon improved his, his dribbling? Has he improved his ability to attack from the perimeter? Has he improved his three-point shooting enough to, to, to merit that spot and, and to give the Magic the freedom that they need from that spot? And this is a huge question. This is a big question the Magic are facing this year. Um, Aaron Gordon's in his third year now, and I think we saw this with Victor Oladipo last year. This is when you really got to start showing me something. Show me that you can take another step up. Show me what your value is in an extension. Gordon is is facing a very big show me year, and, and so you know if if there's doubts about what this Magic team can do, it's on. Aaron Gordon's development. It's on, well, can Aaron Gordon be that missing piece? A lot of people have begun to say, well, his stats seem very similar to Paul George's when he comes up. And and they might seem similar, but they're very different players. Let's let's not kid ourselves. Aaron Gordon is more of a tweener three. Paul George is more of a, a, a wing three. Um, it's hard to get a grip on what Gordon's going to be, and he's probably the biggest mystery on the team. And, and he still should have some value. 
But playing him in the right spot and playing him the right way is absolutely critical to his development. And I'm not 100% sure the Magic are, are doing that yet. And, and they may, and certainly the coaching staff probably knows more than me, but um, from what I saw last year, I thought Gordon was, was a sure four. I didn't think he really fit the three long-term, uh, at least not until the shot gets better. So Gordon is part of this big you know, mishmash, this big jumble of forwards that the Magic have, this jumble of, of like post players that the Magic have, and it's hard to sort them out still. You look at Nikola Vucevic. Vuce seems to be the guy that has the most uncertain future at this moment. The, you know, a lot of a lot of people now, um, and and when we wrote this article, a lot of people took offense to the to the thought of trading Vucevic. Uh, they really did, and it both surprised me and didn't surprise me. I get why people like Nikola Vucevic. He's a guy that's been here since the beginning of this rebuild. Uh, fans want continuity. They want players that they can. They can hold on to, call their own, and, and can rely on year to year. And Vucevic is by far is by far the Magic's most consistent offensive player. You know what you're going to get from him on that end, and is a skilled player. He's he, he's been a near All Star. He's the closest thing the Magic have realistically had to an All Star since the rebuild began. And especially now that Victor Oladipo has been traded away, seeing another guy who may be considered part of the core, it, it hurts the fans. And I get that, um, but. At the same time, you look at the players the Magic brought in around him. And yeah, Vucevic signed his extension under different circumstances and under a different kind of salary cap reality. But, you know, the Magic brought in Serge Ibaka, who, you know, is kind of the unicorn everyone said needed to be next to Nikola Vucevic. And I think they complement each other well. But then you bring in Bismack Biombo, and, and this is why I'm so, still very confused by the Bismack Biombo signing. And the Magic said he was a target. Um... You don't pay someone like that to bring him off the bench. I'm sorry. He's getting paid, what, $15 million a year? $15, $16, 17000000 million a year? You don't pay that kind of money to bring someone off the bench. So, at some point, Biombo's going to start. And that's going to push Vucevic out of the lineup. And I don't think Vucevic is a power forward. I know that's been suggested numerous times. Bring in a center that can block shots, move Vucevic to the power forward. The problem with Vucevic is not his offense. He is a fantastic offensive player. He, play, he, he can score from just about anywhere on the floor. He can do all the things you need done from that position. Defensively, he is still not good. I, 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 and Maybe that's too harsh, but he is, he's not good enough. I don't think you're winning, winning very much with Vucevic as your starting center because that role nowadays needs athleticism. It needs an ability to stretch out and guard and guard guards for a little while. It needs the ability to recover quickly and block shots. And Vucevic does two or three of these things well on occasion. Um, he, I think he did get better defensively. This is not to knock Vucevic's work ethic or, or work. I think he got better defensively last year. But as you could see from watching the games, it still wasn't enough. Positioning... And anticipation are things that Frank Vogel is going to teach, and they're going to run a more structured defensive system, and it's going to and it's going to rely more on the guards being more disciplined. And certainly, Alfred Payton and Victor Oladipo had their struggles on the perimeter guarding pick and rolls that that left Vucevic in a bind, and having Channing Frye behind him who isn't fleet of foot himself hurt. But at the same time. 
having a Biombo and an Ibaka behind him, behind you, changes the game a lot more than Vucevic. You can see it every time Vogel talked about Ibaka or Biombo. He knows that shot blocking is going to be very, very valuable. I, I don't think the Magic necessarily need to trade Vucevic, but they got to be looking around. Because a player like him has some value, and you can get something you need out of it. And maybe the Magic just need depth. If Vucevic is perfectly okay with the role that he's going to play, um, then maybe depth is fine. Maybe that's that's okay. I mean, I think the Magic will start the if, if Vucevic is still on the roster at the start of the season, I think they start Vucevic because they need his offense and see how things work. And there may be times he doesn't finish games. There may be times he does finish games. There may come a time when it's like, yeah, this isn't working, and Vucevic is the, the player to offer around. At this moment... You know, Vucevic is the most expendable player, and that's why I think you gotta at least be looking around for him. I've said, I've said forever, and and I'm sure I've said this on on previous podcasts, but you don't trade a player like Nikola Vucevic unless you have his replacement in place. And when the Magic got Serge Ibaka, it was clear to me the Magic had his replacement in place. And when they got Bismack Biombo, it's even more abundantly clear they have his replacement in place. You can find backup centers. Um, and, and, you know, maybe Vucevic is better as a backup center and, and, and they fill that role with him. But, you know, you got to be looking around. And, and you know, he's got to find a way to, to make his fit work, to make this fit work and uh, and prove that, that he can be part of this team. And, 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 you know, if his value, though, has increased that, that you know, the Magic certainly should be prepared and, and looking to, to move on in, in some way. Again, the, this isn't a knock on him as a player. He's a good player. But on this team, he seems like the odd man out. And that's why I think it's a very realistic possibility that by the trade deadline, uh, the Magic move on from Vucevic or they, they make a big splashy move. They've got some expiring contracts to move. They could make a big move at the deadline trading of Vucevic and a Jeff Green. So just be on the lookout for that. Um, you know, I'm sure rumors will kick up. There's already one floating around about the Celtics that, that I just don't think um, is particularly realistic, but uh, you know we'll see. We'll see how things how things go down with that. And, and again, Aaron Gordon, he's got to he's got to show something this year. And if he shows something this year, uh, then you know then then the equation changes and, and your expectations can change a little bit. Uh, I'm going to close out the show today with a quick countdown of uh, things I like things I liked and disliked from summer league. Um, obviously, not a whole lot of Intrigue this year. Uh, Hazonia was was in was in uh, uh, Italy playing for Croatia. Talked a little bit about him already. Uh, the Magic traded their first round pick to Monte Sabonis, obviously for Serge Ibaka. So this summer league didn't wasn't full of players that that are gonna make the Magic roster, and probably guys that are gonna make uh, make the D League team. So just some quick, so just like five quick observations here uh, to close out the show from summer league. Uh, number one. Uh, Steven Zimmerman still has a lot of work to do, but he's definitely got some skill. Uh, Zimmerman, the, the second-round pick, signed with the Magic. They're going to probably keep him with the main roster so they can oversee his weight training because the dude needs to put some muscle on. Uh, but he showed some fantastic footwork, some good defensive instincts as the game started to slow down a little bit for him. Um, blocked some shots well. Generally, li- I generally like the way he played. Um, still needs to develop some touch. Seemed like he was still in a hurry. Uh, but showed plenty of flashes for what he can be uh, in the NBA. So 
Very intriguing young guy. He's 19 years old, so a long, long way to go for him. But I liked what I saw from Zimmerman. Um, you know, kind, not not a great overall performance on the court, but showed plenty of flashes that the Magic should be should be at least still intrigued with what he can do. Um, number two, Devin Marble kind of stayed stagnant. Um, Marble's got a, a big day coming up uh, this Friday. Actually, his con- if if he's still on the roster by Friday, his contract becomes fully guaranteed, and I expect the Magic to keep him on the roster. He fits a lot of this team's personality. Uh, he's a really good defender, and he showed that throughout the week in, in the Orlando Summer League. Uh, however, he was essentially the alpha dog on this team, and I, I wanted to see a little bit more out of him offensively uh, to, to kind of take that next step up in his career, and, and I didn't really see that from him. He still dribbled himself into traffic, got stuck, didn't shoot the ball particularly well. Uh, that whole blue team really, really struggled. Uh, and, and Devin Marble, I think, was a big part of that. And some of it was roster construction. Devin Marble should never be your, your lead guy. Uh, Nick Johnson playing point guard didn't quite work out either. Uh, but it, it was definitely uh, interesting to, to watch him play. I think he's kind of where he was, which, which is still a good player, uh, an end-of-the-bench guy, but not. I, I didn't see him take a step up. And so uh, it wouldn't surprise me if the Magic do cut him, but I, I think they'll keep him around, give him a, give him a shot at training camp, and... And, and eat the money if, if, if it ends up not working. Um, number three, my number three observation, uh, veterans still matter. Uh, you look at the difference between the blue and the white team. The white team, of course, won the championship. You look to veterans. Justin Dentman's 30 years old and played superb for the, for the, white, for the white team as they won the championship, as they won the Summer League championship. Um, you look to, to, to uh, Orinze Onowaku, I don't think he's an NBA player. Like I think he's he used his size really well. He just kind of understood what his strengths were going to be, and, and used it to his to his benefit and, and dominated the inside. There were there were not very many bigs that could handle uh, Onuaku's Onuaku's size, and so uh, I think that he really did a good job showcasing that and, and doing what the Magic need. And he's twenty. I've got the roster in front of in front of me here, so give me a second to do some math. You know, he's 20, 29. I mean, he'll turn twenty nine in, in two days. So, you know, an old older guys matter. They help stabilize teams. They know what to do, and I think that's a big reason why the white team was so successful. They had a lot of young guys, a lot of guys trying to prove themselves, but the older guys, Dentman and Onwaku, helped stabilize the team. There were a few times uh, in the championship game where it looked like the Pistons were getting ready to to overwhelm them with talent and, and pull and begin to pull away. And each time the Magic fed the ball into Onuwaku, got an easy bucket. Each time Dentman made a nice play and got them a bu- got them a bucket. So, you know, I think we saw the value of veterans in, in Summer League, and I think that's a big thing that we're going to see um, with, this, with this Magic roster when, when the regular season begins is veterans are valuable. They help calm things down, and that was something the Magic were missing the last, the last few years. Um, number four, uh, Tyler Harvey um, is still uh, he's still such he's still a major work in progress, and I don't know if we're ever going to see him on the Magic roster. Uh, the Magic took Harvey with the second with the, with the second round pick last year, leading scorer in the nation, definitely an intriguing guy and, and someone that you want to bring in. And he struggled a bit in summer league last year. He um, couldn't quite get a shot off shot off well, and, and was definitely kind of had this this gunner mentality. He lost a lot of his efficiency. The plan was always to send him to Erie, have him spend the year with the Erie Bayhawks, and there he struggled a little bit too. 
the shooting just did not translate from the college game to the pro game, and it got even worse at Summer League this year. Uh, Harvey averaged, she shot 28.6% from the floor, averaged only seven points per game. Uh, he, he definitely shows, still has that ability to create space and get his shot off, but it's just not an effective shot. And while, I, while he definitely improved his, his body and improved his defensive ability and acumen, he also didn't, uh, didn't play offense, and that's supposed to be his NBA skill. I mean, his skill is supposed to be he is a shooter and a scorer, and he didn't do that. And so um, I'm really concerned for Harvey. Uh, he might spend another year in Erie. They, the Magic might invite him to training camp and burn his draft rights just so they can get, get free, free of that. But uh, a really disappointing week for Harvey. I was expecting a, a little bit more from him or hoping to see a little bit more from him as, as a potential option for the Magic off the bench, uh, need, you know, needing that guy. I mean, Harvey essentially could have been Jamal Crawford, would have been, would have been really good in that role if, if, if he could, could have cut, cut the snuff there. Um, finally, my final point of Summer League, just looking at how the Magic played, um, you know, you get little hints of how the Magic are going to play in the regular season from Summer League. Uh, they, they install really basic stuff. Um, it was hard to tell, though, with the blue team because, A, the coaching staff was kind of thrown together that week, and, B, um, there wasn't a lot of talent on the roster. They ran some Princeton motion stuff, which I think is good for the roster. Um, it's very similar to the offense the Magic ran last year, and when it worked, it was very, very good. Uh, you know, I wonder how that fits with Alfred Payton and how that fits with a team that doesn't have a lot of shooting. But the Magic are going to need to create some space. They're going to need to work together to score. Uh, Frank Vogel said it's going to be scoring by committee. Um, they're going to have to really work hard on offense to, to generate points consistently. And so I think a motion offense is probably the way to go. Uh, I think we'll see more pick and roll sprinkled in for Peyton, um, but just kind of a glimpse of how the Magic are going to run. Um, it, it, it's, it's certainly interesting. Uh, it was interesting to see how they, how they played and how, how, they, how they tried to tried to create offense, but obviously – um, the team struggled in a lot of ways. It just wasn't a, a great Magic roster um, for them uh, this, this year. Uh, so that should just about wrap it up for Summer League. Uh, I'll probably share some more thoughts uh, on Summer League throughout the week, just kind of clean up some last-minute things. Obviously, I have a story on Devin Barble. Um, Nick Johnson's a guy that, that's a really interesting player, really athletic guy. He can obviously score. He, he showed some good assist, assist um, passing ability as well. I'm not quite sure what his NBA future is going to be, so I may have an article about him coming up as sort of a wrap-up to Summer League. And, of course, at some point this week, and I'll probably talk about it a little bit more next week uh, on another Countdown segment, I'll talk about uh, some of the questions that the Magic actually answered about their rotation during their big press conference on Thursday. Uh, But with that, uh, I'll close the show out. Remember, you can listen to us on iTunes. Search Locked On Magic Podcast, or Locked On Magic, rather and you'll find us on iTunes. Thanks to those who've left us a review. I really appreciate the love. I'm glad everybody is enjoying these daily podcasts, you know, kind of a little bit, about 20, 30 minutes of magic every day. It, it, it helps the medicine go down, I think. Um, so be sure to listen to us on iTunes. You can, you know, if you're listening to us on Audio Boom or if you're listening to us uh, on OrlandoMagicDaily.com, you can find us on iTunes, get us downloaded every day automatically into your listening, into your listening device, your iPhone, your iPod, whatever. Um, uh, just a great way to listen to the show, keep up with everything that's going on with the Magic. And obviously, I'm always keeping a, a close eye 
on everything that's going on. We'll have plenty of big questions to, to ask tomorrow on tomorrow's show um, about who the core of this team is. I think it's a really fascinating question now uh, with the big changes about who really is this team building around and who, who is this team. And, you know, maybe it's what their identity is, is, is the big question. We'll also talk a little bit about uh, an article that's up today about what needs are left for the Magic. I'm talking specifically about uh, a dribble penetration as, as a big need for the team. So with that, I thank everyone for listening to Locked On Magic. Um, I'll catch you tomorrow. You can always follow me at omagicdaily. Uh, fire questions away at me. I'm always happy to answer. That's that's what I'm here for. And, uh, yeah, I think, that, I think that'll about do it. So thanks, everyone, for listening to Locked On Magic. We'll catch you tomorrow. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.